1: You can't be a one-trick pony. You have to be a five-tool player in order to succeed in this game.
0: This is the Power Producers Podcast, production redefined. Are you ready to feel the power? Hey,
1: everybody. Welcome to the Power Producers Podcast, where we are refining and redefining the sales game. And I find myself in the midst of two guys that are constituents for Hair Product Company. <laughs> my co-host, Mr. Kyle Hawk and our guest today, Mr. Daniel Song. Daniel, how's it going, man?
2: Hey, I'm, I'm doing very well. And uh, thank you. And thank you, Kyle, for uh, having me on the show. I listen to you guys weekly and truly an honor, my friend.
1: Oh, absolutely, man. Our pleasure. We, uh, you know, you're my, you're kind of like my social media crush, Daniel. You've got your branding game on point. I don't think that I've ever seen anything come out from your agency that is not picture perfect 100% of the time. The orange is always in perfect balance with the other colors. The T-shirts with your logo are hanging in the background. I'm a details person when it comes to stuff like that. So nothing but respect for your branding game and the stuff that you're putting out on social. It's on point.
2: Yeah, well, thank you. I can't take all the credit because the team is heavily involved. And uh, I, one of the biggest challenges that I hear from other agencies is that it's, it's actually they They get a lot of resistance from their team, you know, being in the photos and things, but they love mm-hmm. it more than I do. so i'm I'm truly blessed to have them,
1: yeah, I think it's cool. So listen, you you have come from a different place than a lot of than a lot of other people. I mean, I, you know what? Maybe you haven't. Maybe your story isn't that much different than a lot of what what a lot of other people have gone through. The difference is you have the courage to come out and talk about it, and you're not ashamed of where you've come from. And I'm similar to a certain degree because, you know, I I have no problems telling people I've been dirt poor and not known where my next, you know, dollar was coming from. But I've never let that be an excuse. I've let that become a motivation for me. And it's always pushed me to do, you know, things that I otherwise wouldn't have been capable of. Why don't why don't you give everybody sort of the rundown of um of of where you've come from and sort of how you've gotten to where you are today? And I realized that uh, you know, you've had this conversation in depth with with Cass on his podcast. So I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about it. But I think for people to understand who you are and what you have now and why you're so appreciative of it, they do need to hear a certain certain amount of that.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So 1979, I was born in Korea. And when I don't have too many memories of Korea because I moved out here when I was four or five years old. But it was literally I grew up on a pig farm. Um, we had an outhouse. Um, it was, you know, it's literally I, I was out in the country and then we moved out here and uh, I, Southern California all my life. Uh, I was never the school person, you know. I, I just I, I never really got into school. It was it just wasn't my thing. Um, so I went into the Marine Corps for four years, and then I uh, got out, and then I went into business. And I, I the the first business failed, closed down around 07, and I wanted something just a lot just more stable, right? More stable for my family. I was married, having a few kids. So I got into the insurance industry and I, I tell you what, I, I got into the insurance industry probably in the worst situation you could possibly get. I, I was having my fourth kid. We had no money saved, filing bankruptcy and, you know, a spouse that didn't work outside of the home. So it, it was tough. You know, I, I remember many nights where I would, I would literally just sit there and cry because I had $200 in my pocket at one point. And we borrow from everybody that we can borrow. Um, I had to work two, three jobs, a great plus a graveyard shift. But, you know, the, the biggest thing is, is that we learn from it. And I, I remember this night, I, we, we planted our flag. We made a decision to say, you know what, this is what we're going to do. Um, because we had no money then and we weren't going to get any more poor. Right. So we said, we you know, we're going to make this work. And my wife and I, we just came together, man. We came together and we did everything possible. And through time and consistency, we were able to get through it. But it was, uh, it was, I don't have an MBA. Um, I actually dropped, I, after the Marine Corps, I went to City College for about a year and then I went to USC and I didn't finish USC, right? But I consider those, those, those uh, four or five years of really struggling and just really figuring it out on my own, my MBA, but, uh, but no, it's, uh, it, it was an incredible time. And if I could go back, if I could go back, I don't know if I would ever change anything. The Marine Corps was one of the best things I ever did in my life. Going through what I went through and making it through, right, was probably something that I'm going to take on with, take with me for the rest of my life. And I really do believe 20s are so important. 20s is a time where you kind of figure things out, Right. And the decisions that you make in your 20s really affect you for the rest of your life. So I am truly blessed to have gone through it. Um, and, and the biggest supporter in my life was my wife. Without her, I could not have done it. I could not have done it. Never did she make me feel as if I was not good enough. Never did she make me feel as if I was not providing. Uh, she just told me, get out there, come back home when you're done. Every single day and i remember this so 10 p.m. i would wake up um, af- after all of the of insurance i would come home have dinner 10 p.m. she would wake me up because i would drive to my 11 o'clock graveyard shift i was working at a home alarm company from 7 p.m. to 7:30 a.m. so when i would drive off at 10 p.m. you know she would cry right because she felt so bad having to send me off right to basically come back home in the morning when she's waking up, I'm just getting back from work. And then I would take a shower, have breakfast, go build the PNC book. And I did that. I, I did that, the graveyard shift probably for about four months. My first five years in PNC in the business, I took probably seven days off. Five of those days were for Christmas. My wife would go to church with the kids and people thought she was a single mom. Right. But it's, it's the, it's the commitment that we made. And I knew I was going to get my family out of it. It was just a matter of time, but consistency and diligence and just hard work and just knowing and just staying faithful to who we were. Right. But I, I cannot talk enough about consistency and discipline. And it's all the little things. And that's why I love this. <laughs> right? right. Kyle, Kyle hadn't even it. seen that.
1: It's Kyle like, hadn't even seen that yet. <laughs> you know, Unreal. It, it,
2: There isn't a better book out there, folks, right? And and I, I talk about this all the time. It's the two extra minutes that you take, right, to make that extra phone call, to connect with that prospect, to connect with the client, to ask that one more question of, hey, how are you doing? How is your family doing, right? I know you just had your birthday this weekend. What did you do, right? It's that extra two seconds of just making sure that email is right. Right, just connecting. But my whole career has been based on the extra two minutes, extra two seconds, whatever you want to call it. But
1: it's, that's it's obvious, man. I mean, it's obvious in everything that you can see outwardly. And I can only imagine based on the growth that you've had. That's why, you know, and, and that's what's we make this industry far more complicated than what we need to make it. A- anything in life for that matter. We're going through all the stuff right now with you know the protege that we're trying we're we're on the second challenge <clears throat> everybody's filmed their first challenge and their their result and all of that we're on the second week and i told the coaches you know this week the the first person that's going to get voted off is going to get voted off for overthinking quit overthinking it yeah. business is easy you know it's no different it's like i tell my kids you have two choices when you wake up every morning you can be happy or not either way you know you're going to succeed in 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 your mission and you know, choose to be happy, choose to do the right thing, choose to take the extra second. You know, I can't tell you the number of times that I've been on my way out of my office with the alarm beeping because I've, I've armed it and I've had to turn around, disarm it, come back, sit down and take two minutes to finish something because I told myself, you got to practice what you preach. Don't let this go the way that it is, but it is, it's, it's remembering people's names, it's remembering their kids' names, it's remembering what their kids play as far as sports or if they're into arts or music or whatever else, and then filing that away and having genuine conversation. And you don't do it because it's a slick sales approach, you do it because you're truly building relationships with people and you care about that. And that sounds cliche, but it's not, it doesn't happen. Too many people wanna go out, get the deal and be done with somebody and they don't have those relationships. When my kids ask me what I do for a living, like, <laughs> that's so funny. My little girl rolled over last night. Every night, every morning, she cuddles me before school. Every night before she goes to bed, she cuddles me. And she rolled over last night and she <laughs> said, Daddy, are you famous? <laughs> and I said, As long as I'm famous to you, that's all that will ever matter to me. That's and, awesome. you know, at the end of the day, I tell my kids, I get paid to make friends for a living. That's really all I do. Do I understand insurance? Yes. Do I understand risk management? Yes. But I go on vacations with my clients. We go away for long weekends and hang out and do all kinds of fun stuff. And it's not because I'm doing it to keep their account. I'm doing it because I've built those kinds of relationships. And if as agents, if you take the time to do that and invest, guess what happens? your retention stays at almost 100%. Mm-hmm. I don't have to worry about hustling to go out and get new business because what I've already brought in over the course of my career has stuck. I'm handling a renewal this afternoon that's been with me for 17 years. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's it's awesome. because I make friends for a living. That's it. Don't overthink it. Yeah. And, and it's, it goes back,
2: right, where a lot of people say it's a cliche, but you know if, you've, if you love what you do, you've never worked a day in your life. Right and and around here, well, probably nationally, right? I I talk about real estate agents how uh, how if you want to become really really successful in real estate, it has to become a lifestyle. It's not a job; it's a lifestyle, and that's the same with insurance and with you guys too, right? Can you do? I don't even I don't know the numbers, but can you imagine people that want to get on this podcast train? right? And how many people start a podcast, record one or three or four or five sessions, right? And then never really do it again. Mm -hmm. And I bet it's daily, right? But just the discipline and the work, the scheduling, the content, the editing, I can't imagine what you guys do or what your day looks like creating this, but to become one of the most successful podcasts this year that started out um, is, is truly unbelievable. And you're absolutely right. Every time I coach. All I talk about is consistency. That's Mm -hmm. it. That's it. Everything else, we don't need a lot of these fancy ideas. You don't need these big plans. You don't need a big budget. I grew the agency from scratch, from policy one to wherever we are today, wherever that may be, from a zero budget working from home, from my phone, and no lead costs. You know, I literally just hit the ground running. And All I wanted to do was make sure that everybody that I knew that was in my circle, I wanted them to know that I was in insurance. If they think of insurance, they think of Daniel, right? So that's why with social media now, it's so easy, right? There has never been a time in history where we can capture so much attention for free. Mm -hmm. How many people post a day? Millions of people post a day, but how many of them do it consistently every day? That's, you know, to, to hit that post on Facebook to post, it costs nothing, right? We just do it every day. That's all right. We, we right. became, we became, and I'm going to brag a little bit about our team here because I had the team here is amazing, but through the hard work and consistency, our little tiny little agency is the highest rated insurance agency in the country on Yelp, the highest rated agency. Across from here to New York,
1: nice. And, and listen, man, that is that is an accomplishment in and of itself because yeah. people don't go to Yelp to leave positive reviews. <laughs> That's true. You know, most of the people, I, I think, the way that I heard it was um, somebody had made a made a remark like I don't even remember, but it was it was a millennial, and then somebody who was sort of in between, and then somebody who's a generation before, and it was a Facebook thread. And somebody was talking about going to the Better Business Bureau to complain. And somebody said, what's the Better Business Bureau? And the <laughs> comment was, it's Yelp for old people. Yeah, I mean, exactly. think about it that way. You know, we we focus so much. And I say we, I can't even think about putting myself in this category because we do a horrible job at getting reviews. But, you know, there's such a focus on going out and getting reviews to, to help boost your presence online so that people see you higher in Google, that they see that positive feedback and everything you have to, I mean, that's a lot of work, man, for you to, to be rated highly on Yelp. I mean, this in, I can tell you verbatim, I have heard my father-in-law on multiple occasions, when irritated with any kind of business, <laughs> say, I'm going to go yelp the crap out of him. He just turned <laughs> yelp into a verb.
3: Yeah, <laughs> okay?
1: So kudos to you, man. He's I do not mean to interrupt, but I mean, I, I hope people understand the gravity of knowing how hard it is to use that platform and get positive feedback. Well, and, and, and here's the thing. Eight, nine
2: years ago, this started. And I didn't know what Yelp was going to be eight, nine years ago. Eight, nine years ago, I was still working out of my house, working my two, three jobs. So I thought, okay, let's just start it, right? It can't hurt. I am gonna. I'm, I'm, I planted my flag and let's see where this thing goes. So I got up to 300 some reviews by myself. So currently right now we have 515 five-star reviews and we have another 200 something that are filtered, that don't show up, that are not part of that 500 something. Um, now here's the consistency and the discipline it's Yelp is free, Mm -hmm. right? Every other business around here can, can get on it, right. And make an impact. We get probably, sometimes we get five, six leads a day from Yelp, people calling in, right. Um, and sometimes we get one or two, but the discipline is just no operating with the end in mind. We operate knowing that we're going to ask for that review, but also uh, just just staying the course. I remember last year, if this happened about two or three times. We, we walked out of here on Friday with, let's say, 460 reviews. On Monday, over the weekend, we got two or three more. So I'm thinking we're going to be up two or three, right? So we walked out two or 460 something. We walked back in Monday at 420. We got dropped 40 reviews. Now, you get their filtering or whatever they do right we got together and we said that's okay because the most important review of our life the most important sale of our life is the next one Bingo. it doesn't have it doesn't matter what happened yesterday it doesn't matter how the next one so we don't get too excited we don't get too down. It doesn't matter what happened today because tomorrow we're gonna go get the next one and the next one and the next one and there's a few other agencies in Southern California that got impacted as well. If I if I look, they never they never recovered. They hmm. never recovered. They never made it past 400 again, right? Hmm. And now we're 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 making our way right to catching up to 600 here soon. But that's the thing that we preach is daily consistency and it's the next one next
1: one. You know what, but I'm going to tell you something, man, this goes back to something that I, you know, I don't pat myself on the back very much, but when I do, it's usually over the same things. And I tell people all the time, one of the things I do feel like I'm really good at is recognizing opportunity and, and immediately taking action. Now, that doesn't mean that every time it's a good idea. That doesn't mean that every time I win, I mean, there's plenty of times I've gotten my teeth kicked in and I've learned, you know, lessons from that. But I think part of the reason why you've been, and I could be completely wrong, but I don't i don't think so. I think part of the reason why you're so successful is you're embracing a platform nobody else is willing to embrace. You know, your competition isn't going out and trying to become a Yelp review specialist. So, and, and that's kind of, you know, the way that I look at things most of the time too. If I see the industry go in one direction, I'm going the complete opposite direction as to what everybody else is, because that's where the opportunity will be if I can figure out a way to solve the riddle.
2: Nailed it. Nailed it. Right. Um, it's it's fun to. Which, by the way, for those product.
1: of you listening that think you're going to go out there and jump on Yelp and take Daniel out, you <laughs> might as well forget it because he's got too much of a head start on you.
2: Yeah. And, <laughs> and also, you know, one of the things that I, I am I know nothing about SEO. And I'll, I'll admit that right now. But we also we also started uploading fi- our pictures on our Yelp account. So on our Yelp account, we have over twenty eight hundred photos. Right. Hmm. So what, what I notice is when people are sitting at home on Saturday night and they look at Yelp on their phone, but they just sit there and just they're just mesmerized. They just scroll through the pictures all day and they see pictures of my family, my kids, the office, our lunches, our meetings, our it, it just it gives them a real insight of who we are. So when they walk in here, it continues. That experience continues. Even my even my carpet has some orange in it. It's unbelievable. You know? Um, <laughs> But it's just that the whole experience, and at this point now, we're at a point where, if they see our Yelp account, and they don't call us, they almost feel as if they're missing out. We we we, we, we there's such a gap, right? That they 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 have they want to call us, right? But it, it's been a, it's been a true blessing. But the photos absolutely help, and then the daily posts on different platforms. Um, Google, you know, we're trying to get that up as well. So I don't know how it all works, but I know it doesn't hurt. Right. So mm. all that working together is really helping us really grow this year. Um, now, I will say this. A lot of people ask me, Daniel, do you pay for Yelp? Right. Up until 90 days ago, my answer was no. Up until 90 days ago, I've never paid for Yelp.
1: Right. You caved, man. They yeah. have the most aggressive telemarketers yeah. 100%. ever. 100%. And for the last
2: 10 years, they've been after me, right? The reason why <laughs> I pulled the trigger 90 days ago, right, is because I wanted to capture more exposure. I'm not paying for reviews. Now what I want to do is if, if people only find me five miles out, I want to go 20 miles out. Mm-hmm. Because as long as they see me, they'll call us. So now we're just paying for exposure and kind of territory of getting out there a little bit more.
1: Yeah, I was going to actually you, you you stole my question. I was going to ask you about that because we have Yelp. Uh, we do nothing with it at all. Um, but good grief, do they call man, they, they, you know, and relentlessly, like I told the lady on the phone the last time she called me, I said, just out of curiosity, if you're ever looking for a job as an appointment or <laughs> <in> property <laughs> casualty or something like that, feel free to give me a ring back because I know that I can't help but win if you're on my team. I mean, right. It's, it's crazy. So you, that's a lot of volume of stuff to post. What, what are, how are you doing that? Is I mean, do you have a dedicated resource internally that's handling your social media? Are you using a tool like Hootsuite or HubSpot or something like that to uh, be able to post across multiple platforms at one time? Or are you literally going in and doing every single thing individually?
2: So um, my, my uh, office manager, Yesenia, so she'll do a lot of our video. And, and even when I'm on this uh, call with you guys, she's going to be in the background taking kind of video and kind of some of capturing this. She but, can't hide
1: from me. I've seen her reflection.
2: <laughs> the, the, the team is very involved. Now I use I use Canva. Yep. To kind of edit the edit the posts. Um, I do not use a posting um, program like Hootsuite. We literally, I, I'm doing that post. So they help me create it, but I post it manually on different platforms every single day. I do it very early in the morning um, to stay consistent. But also, you know, Saturday mornings, especially Saturday, Sundays, when when me and my wife, when, when we wake up, we reach over, grab our phone, and we're in bed for about 45 minutes, just scrolling through social media mm-hmm. and looking at our emails and things. So Saturdays I post probably about four or five o'clock in the morning because when that housewife when she wakes up and checks her phone, I want I want to be the first person that she sees. So uh, we are very intentional about our scheduling and our posting, but we post every day on all the different platforms. Yeah, you mentioned and I,
3: consistency and discipline about a million times. I would have to imagine that's something that you got from the military, or did you have
2: that before? And you know, a great question. And my dad is a military guy back in mm-hmm. Korea, and. I got a lot of it just by watching him when I was growing up. The dude would go out every single day at four a.m. It doesn't matter if he had to go out or not. He would just go out and he would just get the day started, you know. Right. Um, and and I wasn't I wasn't a lazy kid, but I definitely didn't have this uh, growing up. But once I got into military, I think it just magnified it. It just put it on steroids, you know. And I, mm-hmm. and I just I, you know I shave every day, right? I I uh, Me too. You know, I do you, yeah, you know, I do just the, the things that I learned I just do daily. Um and to some people it's probably weird, right? But even my t-shirts, I press it, right? It's just it's nice and tight, right? And even even now with my suits, I wear shirt stays. You know, it's just all the little things, right? I love David. I love what you, you guys are doing because you guys have your custom suits, right? Which I love.
1: You know, <laughs> I, I you love do, it. Man.
2: I love it. There's nothing like a custom suit, man. You 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 go get a new custom suit. You can go con, you can make any sale you want. That's right, But but no, it's just a, and just the things that I wanted to, I learned from my dad. So I wanted to be an example, a visible example to my kids too, right? And, 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 and they get it. They know that daddy works hard, but I preach to them every day about just being consistent. And I, and I always tell them, you know, I don't care if you fail, but I just hope you try just anything Mm -hmm. in life. But even my six year old boy, he makes his bed every single day, you know? Um, and it's all those little things, little things. They put their toothbrush away, right? It's not just on the counter. They put it away, right? Again, all the little things that I try to do. You
1: would absolutely hate visiting my house. <laughs> 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 There's just no way you would get a hotel if yeah, you may- came to the maybe, may-
3: maybe you can do some coaching with my wife. Give her some, <laughs> some tips. <laughs> Listen,
1: I want to I brag on Daniel's six-year-old son for a second. About it and specifically about consistency. It, it's funny because I was trying to figure out how I was going to work this into conversation, but you made it very easy. I watched the video of him practicing his tennis. Okay. Oh, cool. And it wasn't until he actually missed one or mishit it that I didn't realize I realized that it was not on a loop. Like that's how consistent this kid was in his same drill of going around the cone, hitting his approach shot, going around the cone, hitting his approach shot every single time. And I'm like, man, like what, Daniel, just put it on a five-second loop? And then (laughs) all of a sudden one hit off the top of the racket, never broke form, just continued to keep going around. But holy cow, this kid is – I mean, listen, I played baseball my entire – all the way through college, and so I understand what it takes to train to be a high-level athlete. It's no different than being a high-level musician – or any of these other things, you have to practice. You have to practice intentionally. You have to, to practice with your end game and your goals in mind, knowing that you have to be consistent in that process. And at six years old, he's got to dial it dialed in, man.
2: Yeah, yeah. He's nice. uh, we, we started COVID, you know, we started this in June. And, um, and I can't say enough about our coach. He's a good buddy of mine. And it's really because of him and the consistency. But, you know, um, taking it back to discipline, right? When we're on the court, I see all these kids putting their gear, their bag, their tennis racket, just laying down on the floor. I tell them, nope. you grab it, you put it away, right?
1: It's a you piece of equipment that's several hundred dollars. You don't just you throw respect, it on the ground.
2: You respect your gear, right? When, yeah. I guess this is a big thing. I never play tennis, but when they're hitting balls, right, and balls are all over the court, I tell my son, grab the tubes and go pick it up. But the other kids aren't picking it up. Dad, I didn't ask you. I didn't ask him to pick it up. I'm asking you to go pick it up, right? But he doesn't realize that. Hey, while I'm picking it up, it's giving me. It's I'm strengthening my arms, right? So Fair there's point. a lot of little things that he doesn't realize yet that I'm trying to teach him. But it's all about just having respect, right? Self respect, I think, is huge, right? And just 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 knowing that. Hey, you know, just always go the extra mile. Always go the extra mile. But, um, but even the consistency, you know, his form is awesome. His form, I, I love it, right? But it's, you know, we're, we work on it daily, you know? So let's see where it goes. <laughs> but he's enjoying it.
3: I'm well. guilty of smashing a racket or two on the baseline.
1: I'm not going <laughs> <lie. laughs> to Yeah.
3: I played in middle school and it, uh, let's just say I ended up sticking with basketball. You yeah. probably should have. <laughs> yeah.
2: That's awesome.
1: Mm-mm. But I mean, I think, look, you're also prepping him so that 30 years from now, if there are even podcasts anymore, he's going to be the guy on here saying, I remember when my dad made me pick up tennis balls, when none of the other kids were doing it. And it didn't make sense to me then. But man, that's why I'm here now is because I learned that. And, you know, with regard to consistency, I say it all the time. It's never the process. It's always the person. The process doesn't get broken. People break processes because they think there's a better way or they want to take a shortcut or they, you know, they, they want to get creative and invent something instead of just sticking to what's already been proven. And you know, there's a lot to be said for that too, getting your kids used to the fact that it's going to be a constant just replication. If this is what's worked, why do we need to go out and reinvent the wheel? Let's just be really, really good at executing this to perfection and we'll be successful. That's why I listen to a lot of other people that are way smarter than me in this industry that have been successful. And I listen to what they say and the things that are relevant to where I'm at in my career and in our agency's lifespan. I implement almost immediately because if that worked for them and I implement it the way they did, then it'll work with me. I I literally posted something on social. It's probably been two weeks ago now. Um, from Hank Stewart up in, in Brunswick, Georgia, Georgia, who's in Killing Commercial. And when he and I originally talked, he didn't want to come into the program because he said, Look, he goes, Are you going to put your money where your mouth is and guarantee that I'll get the results that I'm looking for? And my response to him was, Well, are you going to guarantee that you're going to implement everything I say with 100% accuracy and with the same level of intensity that I would expect it to be implemented? Because if that's the case, absolutely, I'll put my money where my mouth is. But if you can't guarantee, give me a guarantee, don't ask me for one. Well, he waited four months, called me back, said I really want to get in the, I want to get in the mix. He did and went out. And now he's writing accounts that are three and four hundred thousand dollars in premium. He never would have been in front of before, That's awesome. right? But it, it has to do with the fact that he understood there's a process. I have to execute that process, and I don't need to just execute it. I need to execute it with intensity, mm-hmm. right? right. You, you can't just, uh, oh, well, you know, I'll do it, but it's going to take me a week or a couple of weeks to do this. No, that, that there's no room for that in this game. You, you sometimes you have an hour if you're lucky, right? You know, you're competing against 15 or minutes or less in the personal lines arena. There's no, well, I'll, I'll get this call after lunch. No, you'll get this call now. Right.
2: <laughs> True. Right. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's amazing because, um, I don't hire off a resume. I don't, And if I look back now at all the resumes of our teammates right now, I probably wouldn't hire all of them, any of them, you know, off of a resume. Um, I hire just off of my gut, man, how they walk in, if they're dressed for the interview, um, all the little things, eye contact. I've literally had people who put their cell phone on the desk, right? And then they're sitting with me and it rings. This lady, one, it rung. I said, do you need to grab that? She said, well, yes, give me one second. (laughs) <laughs> you know so awesome. uh, you know that, that that interview didn't really go too long but it's 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 all the little things you're absolutely right You know, having that quote you know you're going to walk in monday morning with the weekend work that's coming in and you know you're going to be backpedaling right so friday get it all done get it i on uh, my guy my commercial agent johnny he slept here about three four times the last 60 days Right, overnight because he's been so busy and he doesn't want to go into tomorrow morning with four or five quotes pending. Right. He's he wants going to go into
1: tomorrow morning with no sleep. Come yeah. on, John. Yeah. Get it done yeah. in a day.
2: And and uh, sometimes he'll go and leave at nine o'clock, ten o'clock, but the guy gets it done and he's getting incredible results. Right. But no, that's something that's absolutely right. And and you're right. Implementation. There's a, there's so many people, and that's one of the reasons why I love our industry and some of the cir- the circle that we're in. Everybody wants to help everybody. Right. And and so there's other agencies directly in my area here that reached out to me um, through Yelp and say, hey, you know, can I can I just ask you a few questions? So I invite every single one of them into the office. We sit down in this room and I share with them everything. State farm agent, farmer's agent, another independent agent. I share everything with them and I give them all my secrets. Right. Not really secret, Mm -hmm. but you know why? Well, first of all, because there's enough for everybody out here. Right. Mm-hmm. But also I know 99% of the time they're going to walk out of here and do nothing with it.
3: Yeah. And they're just expecting to, you know, for you to give them some magic pill and for it to work without well, any type of,
2: you know, they go home and they get mm-hmm. pumped up and they pump up the team and they get three, four five reviews. None of them stick. Mm-hmm. And then they say, Oh, this doesn't work. Right. This doesn't right. work. Right. So we have 200 some reviews that don't show up, that are filtered I just told the team, "Hey, listen. Let's double that. Let's double the filtered reviews because we'll probably double the reviews that show up. So it's all just a mindset, right? And it's not, it's not, it's ve- it's being very uh, immature uh, in in your thinking, right? And it just, it's it's knowing that business isn't going to stop next month. The world doesn't stop. It doesn't matter if you had a great review today. Let's get the next one. And it's always, always, always about the next one. When I was younger, I didn't realize that." If I had a great month, man, I bought a new BMW, you know, or I, it, it was, it was crazy. It was crazy. Right. But now, now I'm thinking four years ahead, five years ahead. Right. How is this going to impact us? you know, Right. Years, years down the line. Um, but I am, I'm, you know, the only, and it's not even a regret, but I tell my kids the only regret that I have that daddy has is I didn't get into insurance earlier. I got in around 27, 28, I'm 41 now. But that's the only regret that I have, man. I I love this industry. I I walk in the door every single day, pumped up. The team hears me walking in the building. I go into everybody's desk, give them a high five. Are you motivated, excited, dedicated, right? And it's it's just you got to really enjoy what you do because again, you know, people know if you're faking it or not. And and so I love, one one yeah, of the things right. I love is just is um. Having somebody come on board and helping them accomplish their dreams, right? Because as a leader, you have to you have to be able to think, right? And, and you have to get them to think bigger. Um, and as a leader, your job is to. One of the things that I really take uh, to heart is I want to change your behavior. If I if I if I can if if I can change your behavior and help you really understand why, right? Then I have an impact on your life. Um, and sometimes it doesn't always work out perfectly. Right. But I push, I push, I push, I push whenever somebody comes in that's new, I push them until either they listen or they break. And if they break, they quit and that's okay. But I'm going to push you and push you and push you until you, you reach a level where you thought was not impossible. Um, but, and, and I've, I've a really great team here and, um, you know, they, they make me look better than I truly am. Because of all the momentum and just all the good things that they're doing here for us.
1: How are you recruiting people? Where are you finding your talent? How do you get them to come in the front door? And how long is it going to be before when I go to yelp.com, it redirects to your agency?
2: <laughs> um, you know, so we, we go on Indeed quite a bit. Now, I, I always tell people, hey guys, look, you know, people always say, man, you're growing, you're, you're you know, you're killing it. And I tell them, to be completely transparent, I said we're not killing it. We're not growing that much. Social makes everybody look a lot bigger than they really are, and and I tell them, hey, look, you know, we post all the new hires, but we don't post the fires. <laughs> uh, so that would be awesome So you know, but we find them on Indeed, and then now I start paying for a service where it's gonna, I guess, kept go to Indeed Career Builder and Monster and all those things, but. I I hire a lot because I want to, a lot of times I feel as if this football player was playing on a basketball court their whole life. And no matter how good of a football player they are, they can't score or they're not going to be able to score a touchdown on a basketball court. So sometimes when I, when I just have a gut feeling about them, I'll bring them in and I'm going to see what they do. So um, but a lot of it is just through, through, through our online and, and sometimes referrals, but it's just, yeah, a lot of it is just, just like everybody else online.
3: So how, I mean, you started in, uh, you know, 10 years back or whatever out of your house and working a couple other jobs. Um, I mean, what was the biggest challenge for you to keep everything moving along to start growing where you are now and kind of develop that
2: culture that your office has currently? Yeah. Great question. Great question. So I really started building a team about three or four years ago. Um, in the very, very beginning, Kyle, I tell you what: I literally, if I didn't sell today, we didn't eat tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Literally. Um, so I think there is no more. There is no other motivation than that, right? You don't need anything sure. else. So if that was the best motivation that that I needed. And I wish a lot of times some of the agents that I hire had the same situation. Right. Because with all the excuses that people can make, and December is a perfect example, right? All my life, all my career, sales career, I've heard people say, well, it's, it's December. Mm. After the holidays, uh, people aren't thinking about insurance now, you know, and, and I, and I tell everybody the I say, listen, Christmas is one day. What are you going to do the other 30 days? Right. right? If, and I tell them, if your bills don't go on vacation, you don't go on vacation, <laughs> right? Your bills are still, they still need to be paid next month, right? It's so true. in December, what we do is we make a big push for the first two weeks of December. We make a really big push, knowing that it is going to slow down a bit, but I never let I never let December or the holidays uh, be an excuse for the team. Absolutely not. And they 100% know that. Yeah. but. But in the very beginning, yeah, it was just you know making sure my kids ate. Um, I, I, and I I remember right our our Friday night outing when we were really really in it. Um, we would we would go to the Irvine Spectrum out here is a is a local mall, and they had a subway, and I would and back then they had the five dollar footlongs.
1: Mm-hmm. Right,
2: so I had four kids at that time, so we would get a footlong, split it four ways, and one kid took one a quarter each. But that was enough to you know make them full back then. Right now, we go to Cars Jr., I mean it's 70 bucks minimum. You know? yeah.
1: <laughs> well, they are getting bigger, Daniel. You fed them, and that, that they're gonna be required to eat more to maintain that growth. That was my mistake. <laughs> I know. I, I know, I agree. I, I was wondering if like the dog was looking over his shoulder some of those Friday nights, wondering <laughs> if he was safe, if you if you had closed enough business for the week or not. Yeah, uh, Dave Ramsey says it all the time. You need to sell so much stuff that your kids need to wonder if they're next. If they're but I mean,
2: yeah.
1: I, I've been there before, man. I mean, I, I joke about it when I get up and speak in public. But I just I actually had a call with a guy right before we we came on to record this. And, and he was asking me, um, we were talking about HubSpot and the fact that we use it in our agency and it's cost a, a considerable amount of money. And he's like, well, you know, when you, when you have money, you can do that. And then no, no, you don't understand, man. I ate boxed macaroni and cheese and raw man noodles for a year and a half so that I could have what I have. Sure. I don't take anything that I have for granted. And so when I, when I talk in public, I, I, I always come back to that. You can't appreciate what you have today without remembering what it is you went through to get there. And, you know, to go back to your comment earlier about, you know, thinking about what it would have been like for you to get into the insurance industry earlier, I don't think your outcome would have been any different, to be honest with you. I think you would have run into the same trouble that you ran into in your first job, you know, where things went south because you didn't have those learning experiences in the discipline that you have now, right? I agree. You had to go through that to get to where you are. And so you remember that every day and that becomes fuel... And motivation for you to push the envelope even further forward but I'll, I'll get up and say you know i i boxed macaroni and cheese and raw man noodles and, and if i had a really good week if i had a good payday i would get a pound of ground beef and add it to it and we would take <laughs> and if it was really good we would get the Velveeta that had the pre-made cheese pouch no, yeah. we would add water to it to thin it out and we would buy an extra <laughs> extra thing of pasta so that we could make it go
2: Twice yes. as far, yeah, Exactly. you know,
1: and we we laugh at those things, man. But you know, it, that's what builds character, right? That that's what helps you to appreciate it. One of the reasons why it success- also
3: builds ulcerative colitis. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, Velveeta is so foul. I cannot it is, believe it that.
1: Yeah, it doesn't even melt in the microwave. It's, <laughs> so, it's, yeah, or it's like radioactive. You can't, you can't catch it on fire. <laughs> yeah, or what. I, I've seen that. those YouTube videos. But I mean, if, if you think about it. You know your kids are watching everything that you're doing. They they may not understand it now, but there's going to come a point. Again, this doesn't need to turn into the Dave Ramsey episode, but he uh, he has some sort of a quote. Trying to remember what it was when he was younger, he thought his parents didn't have money or sex, but when he got older, he found out they had both. (laughs) But but if you think about it, from a kid from a kid's point of view. You're their parents that, and nothing more than that. They don't right. they don't know what you're going through professionally. They don't know what you've sacrificed for them to be able to have what they have. And, and, and all of those struggles that you go through, at some point they get old enough and they look back and they start putting things together and they realize that. I, I'm looking forward to those days, actually, because uh, we haven't hit those yet. But I mean, I, I do feel like at some point, you know, my oldest son's going to go back and be like, holy crap, now I understand what dad was talking about. Hopefully sooner than later.
2: You know, it's funny. I'm Jason Cast his his podcast with Carlos Vargas recently, right? Um, Carlos in the in the podcast he he mentioned he came here, you know, from a different country, he didn't speak English, but he mentioned he knew that somebody had to pay the price. Somebody has to pay the price for the generations down the line. Um, and that really struck home with me, man, because I felt like okay. Because, you know, my, my parents or, you know, everyone's parents, they try, right? They come here from a different country or, you know, they, were, they, they weren't grown up. They weren't raised in the best conditions here in the States, but they tried. Now they're retired. Now it's my turn. You know, I, I have no problem putting on that pack and going on that hump, right? Um, so I always go back to we planted our flag, but man, I wouldn't have it any other way. You know, and the fact that my kids probably don't have to go through what we went through, I'm okay with it. I'm mm-hmm. okay with it because they're still going to work hard. I'm still going to teach them the values. right? But it, I, it was our generation where we said we're going to pay the price. And there's nothing more that we are prouder about than that. And just like you guys too. You know, but no, I, and I, and I agree with you, how you opened up the podcast. You said, you said that um, there is, everybody has a story and I absolutely agree. And I absolutely agree. I feel like everybody should write a book, right? Because there's somebody out there that's going to be affected by that one thing that you say. You might come from the same state or the area, you know, there's that one something, that one something, and it's going to really impact them. And that's what, that's what I try to do, um, and that's where I've benefited so much from all the leaders in our industry and even outside of our industry. When I was going through the hard times, the, the smartest thing that I did, I, man, my car was a leadership university. You know, I listened nothing but to um, leadership CDs. Uh, uh, um, they didn't have podcasts back then, but you know, just anything on, on you know, helping your mindset, successful mm-hmm. people, and I just read. I read 10 pages a day. It's not a lot, but in a year I finished 13 to 15 books. But again, consistency, 10
1: pages a day, consistency. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think that is a great point. And I heard you say that when, you, when, when Cass interviewed you the first time that I'd heard you talk. There's so much wisdom there that people can learn from. So many times, look, if I were to come to you and say, Daniel, your job this year is to read 15 books. I would be willing to bet you that 90% of our peer group is going to wait until two weeks before January 1st to start reading 15 books. If I say, Daniel, you need to read 10 pages a day every day, that's going to happen. That's going to happen. And that's one of the reasons why when I work with producers in the middle market, I want them to start with that end goal in mind, but they have to work back to what the daily activity looks like, right? I can say, look, they they can tell me, hey, I'm gonna write $150,000 in new business revenue this year. Great, how are you gonna do it? Well, that's where we have to get into okay, well, I'm going to have to make this many cold calls to, and you start running the math, you know, how many people do I have to get to agree to meet with me? How many people are going to, you know, allow me to present to them? How many can I close? And then you work your numbers and you realize I need a cold call. I need to walk in, in person and knock on eight to 10 doors a day, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And I'll be, I'll be able to hit my numbers. That's it. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah,
1: Absolutely. And it's easy. So Kyle's used to call in on between 40 and 50 businesses a day when he was right. selling office supplies. So when a guy like that hears, nah, you need to do eight to 10 drops three days a week and you can make more money than you ever thought humanly possible and have a great quality of life, very, right. very attractive to them. But it's a matter of. That um, and,
3: it, and, and it went back to what we were talking about earlier with just the developing relationships and kind of having, you know, clients that end up being friends. I mean, that was something that um, was, was really attractive about the industry because that's something I had to do in both my previous (laughs) careers, but I didn't get compensated for it. You know, I was expected to maintain those relationships and getting them to continue to either stay on board as a client or continue ordering, but never, um, you know, was really compensated for it. And I was just like, man, that's kind of that's so how did back. you do that? Because I've never kind of even backwards. asked you that
1: I've never even asked you that question before. How did you do that? I mean, you got something that's a commodity like copy paper. Yeah. And they can get anywhere. Yeah. How well, do you build that relationship knowing that number one, you have to call 40 to 50 businesses, call on 40, 50 businesses a day. Yeah. So it's not like you've got a bunch of extra time to be going out and managing the relationships you already have. Mm-hmm.
3: There were, there were bonuses that were attached to it. So it gave you some sort of incentive, but it was tough because the territories would kind of rotate. Like I would be in a given territory for a maximum of maybe whatever, four to six months. So it's like after that point in time, they're no longer my relationships, but I was kind of responsible for creating the behaviors to get them to continue using us. So it was, um, it, it, it was tough because it was a it was a completely volume driven thing. Like, I mean, if if I'm seeing forty to fifty businesses a day, how effectively am I building a, like a lasting relationship? You know, I mean, they see they see somebody like me different every you know th- three or four of us throughout the year. So it was tough, but I mean, th- it, it it was just building rapport and, and and you know trying to find things in common with people. I think if you if you genuinely do that and try to get to know somebody and, and build um, you know, a little bit of rapport, it, it makes that whole process a lot easier. But yeah, I mean it was it was it was tough, especially being that there wasn't really any incentive other than like you got a you got a small bonus like hundred bucks or something like that if 30 or whatever percent of your orders from a given week reordered within six weeks. But then after that there wasn't any you you weren't getting any type of compensation for it. So it was just kind of like eh you know on to the onto the next group or territory or whatever. So um, yeah, it was tough.
2: Yeah, I, I can imagine how many people actually enter that industry, right? And after a month or two, they figure out, oh, this is really work, right? And, and Oh, yeah. Quit.
3: Oh, it wouldn't even take that long. Oh, the, tur- the turnover was immense. I mean, we were constantly, there was never we were always interviewing like it, it was an everyday thing and I would be interviewing multiple people, you know, throughout the day sometimes and uh, taking them out with me on field rides and everything just because we were going to have to replace however many people that fell off because they either, um, you know, weren't putting forth the effort to, to get the job done and, and to make enough money to, to cover their, their lifestyle or, or whatever the other reasons were. But yeah, I mean, definitely high turnover and um, that was that was just the way it was.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I I that's why I like recruiting from industries like that because I know Dude, those if you people,
3: can if you can make it doing that, like you can literally do anything. Yeah, I mean anything, exactly. Anything at all.
1: Like he had he had me, Daniel. He had me at I had to cold call 50 people a day. Okay, done. How much do yeah. you need? You know, what can we do yeah. to cut a deal? Yeah. You know, and Kyle's yeah. an interesting story because he's the first producer that I brought into the agency and I wasn't ready to bring him in but the opportunity presented itself and i'm like crap i've i've got to i've got to do whatever i can do to get this guy on board now because he's exactly the prototype that i wanted as a producer somebody that wasn't in the insurance industry somebody that wasn't afraid to work hard somebody who you know spoke sarcasm fluently so that they <laughs> could get along with me you know all, all of the all of the above and i mean i'm i'm thankful every day that i was willing to to make that sacrifice because it's going to change Everything for him and his family going forward, and, and same for me because it's worked out very, very well. But to your point, the insurance industry is no different. Mm-hmm. Think about how many people Brown and Brown goes out and hires right out of college, runs them through their producer school. 80% of them are probably working for another independent within True. two years, right? That's mm-hmm. why I like to compete against that. Right. I don't mind saying it. I'm not, I'm not disparaging their name, those are facts. The, you know, the numbers may be a little rough, but You know, I know that if I go into an account that's been with one of those national companies like that, that is really a factory for training producers for other people, and they've been with that firm for five or six years, they're probably on their third agent that's represented them. And that's right Mm -hmm. for
3: the bank.
1: Now, you guys that are out there at Brown and Brown that have been there for five or six years that are ready to send me hate mail, (laughs) you're you're the exception to the rule, right? You've been with your accounts for the whole time. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about all the other guys that weren't at the Christmas party this year.
2: David, let me let me ask you this. Do you still personally produce as well? I
1: love it, man. I'll never quit. Good for you. Good for you. I'll never quit. There, you know, I think it, it's it, just in your
3: blood, right? Like you have to do it. It's like an itch that you can't scratch type of thing.
1: You know what? If I wasn't if if I wasn't out producing, I would have some sort of a side hustle. I right. mean, there's no doubt in my mind that would allow because for me, I, I love I love I just love the sales game, period. Mm-hmm. I love it. It is. It's It's. It's part of it's woven into the fabric of who I am. And, you know, we'll go out to dinner or whatever. And my wife will be like, what are you doing flirting with the waitress? I'm like, I'm flirting with the waitress. I'm trying to get her to comp our appetizer. You know, I mean, I'm always working the angle to try and sure. figure it out. But, you know, no, I, I love it. I'm not going to tell you that I get excited about going out and writing small commercial accounts now, but, sure. you know. I'll never lose the, uh, lose the rush of mm-hmm. uh, going out and closing something. And, you know, your perspective changes a little bit when you begin to own the agency because you get just as much joy out of watching your team succeed as you do yourself, if not more so. And, and the, uh, equivalent to that, I, I say, I say this is, you know, obviously when I played ball, I'd loved being able to hit a home run, man. I hit a home run. I was jacked, but I would never felt anywhere near as good, as I did the first time my son hit a home run sure. because I wanted to watch him succeed. And there was far more joy in that for me. Well, and also I
2: think it's a great lesson, right? It's a great nugget for everybody who's listening to the podcast. So ladies and gentlemen, with David running a successful agency, running the killer commercial program, with running the protege, with running the podcast, with all this, he still produces. Right. And I think just that in itself Right. And and I think as a as a agency owner, sometimes you still got to be a little bit in the foxhole, you know, with your guys, because you don't at that point, you can have a true pulse on what what it's like. Right. But again, it goes back to just no excuses. You know, and, and when I ask you that question, I can see it in your eye. You know, you love it. You love it. And it's not so much that you need the money anymore, but it's the fact of it's it's winning. Right, I you, like you, to win, you find something and you're winning. You're getting the outcome that you want, and when you're winning, your team sees it. Right, when you're making that extra phone call, when you're making that, when you're knocking on doors, your team sees it. Right, so there at that point, there's a extra, there's a, there's a bigger layer of leadership there, right, where they look look up to you and say, Hey, look, he's doing it with all this that he has going on, and he can make every single excuse in the book with all this and a family, right? He's still doing it.
1: So And mind you, I don't skimp on family time either, right? Sure. I mean, it's always family first for me. And I've said that from day one. There's two things I'm going to tell you that based on what you just said, one of them and the most important thing that I would tell anybody who is a leader, you need to follow. You know, I, I am far from the best leader I, and Kyle can tell you that. But one thing he can also tell you is if I tell you I'm going to do something or If I have to make a tough decision, you can take it to the bank that I'm gonna do it. Whether it costs me money or not, I will always make the right moral and ethical decision, period. No questions asked. It's almost put me out of business, Daniel, but I always will maintain my word. The second thing I'm gonna tell you is, the podcast, Killing Commercial, The Protege, the only reason any of that stuff has credibility or works is because I still produce.
2: True. Absolutely. If
1: I wasn't in the game every single day, I wouldn't have anywhere near the credibility that I have. Let me tell you how real this stuff
3: it's is. It's to, to stay sharp too, right? Like, I mean, you know, if you're not in it on a, on a regular basis. Yeah. Well,
1: I don't know anybody else who's in that space of training people to go into the middle market and produce that would do what I did yesterday. We had a new business appointment for my agency. It was a Zoom call. I recorded the entire thing and I uploaded it into Killing Commercial because I wanted everybody that's in there to watch how I conduct myself on a new business call that we won and I wanted them I wanted them to see that I put my money where my mouth is. I said the same things I teach them to say, the way that I teach them to say it and I recorded it and put it out there. I don't know if anybody else that would have Oh and by the way, I hyped up that I was going to do that for two weeks before I ever did it. So there was no chance of me backing out and not posting it. I, it. I I burnt the bridges behind me, man. Or what? Is, what is it the uh, – what was the line from uh, the Patriot with the, the French guy about you, you have to burn – I don't know, I remember. <laughs> I don't
3: it's been a while I, since I've seen I'm the Patriot. Gonna, I'm not
1: going to pull a Ryan Hanley and misquote something because he's the king of that. He always misquotes Bruce Lee, and we make fun of him all the time for it. But it's um, <laughs> – It was something about, you know, burning the ships or whatever else, you know, so that once you were somewhere, you had no way you had no other choice but to push forward something along those lines. But that's what I did, you know, and I I do that all the time. I mean, that's probably my biggest downfall too, as I'll come up with some wild idea and say, let's go do this. And then I got to figure out how to get it done. But it doesn't stop me from coming continuously coming up with stuff to push the envelope.
2: And, And I think that's why also your the podcast is so enjoyable to me, at least. Is because there's there's a few podcasts out there, right, that become successful, but you're, it's real, and you can tell that you, Kyle, you guys are just—it's almost as if you're not recording a podcast. You're just—you know—you're just hanging around and talking, you know, and that's what's really real. You don't try to filter. You don't try to say these cool things, um, and that's that's truly the reason why I think it's become so successful is because you guys are just being you, and and kudos to you guys.
1: We're slackers, man. We don't have, we don't prepare. <laughs> we're, we're proverbial. We, we wake up, we get out of bed, we come record and we might write some insurance. We'll record some more. We'll write some more insurance. Like, th- we don't prepare for it. You're right. And that's exactly why we don't do that. Yeah. You and know, and even on this day podcast,
2: day. you know, like this is the first time we're ever talking. <laughs> right. Know, there, was, there was no briefing or there wasn't any, you know what I mean? Let's, say, let's just get on there and talk.
1: Right.
3: I think it makes it more genuine.
2: Absolutely.
1: I agree. Well, listen, man, um, we're bumping an hour. I want to be respectful of your time. I know that people are going to want to want to reach out to you and and talk to you more. And, you know, obviously they can just go to Yelp and find you that way, I'm sure, (laughs) no matter where they are in the country. But give them a a way to get a hold of you, Daniel, so that um, they know how to find you.
2: Yeah, Facebook, definitely. Um, And my email is Daniel at greatparkinsurance.com. But you can always call me too 949-387-3242.
1: Good deal. Well, listen, thank you so much for spending some time with us today, my friend. I appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you in April. Hopefully, we're able to have innovation. It'd be great to have you here in the hometown. You've been a guest on the podcast. We're having a reception at the Florida Aquarium the Wednesday night before everybody shows up. So this is your invitation. I'd love to have you there as my guest.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you. And uh, thank you both. I really enjoyed this. And Truly an honor to be on with you guys and learning from you guys. So thank you. Oh, I'm
1: looking for I'm looking to have a blast in making you into a cartoon, man. I can't wait. I've already got I've already got my ideas. my My creative juices have been flowing pretty good this month so far. Awesome, love it. Can't wait to see it. Thank you both. Bye, right, man. Have a great day. Thank you, bye. Daniel. Bye, bye.